On a day that was awfully tough on the uh, Edmonton sports media with the passing of John Short and Robin Brownlee, the Oilers wrapped up uh, the day with a a really, really good feeling uh, thanks to a 3-2 overtime win over Detroit, tying a franchise record with nine straight wins. Uh, Good morning. Welcome to the Kevin Carey Show. Uh, First off, I wanted to give really tremendous props to our colleague here at 1440, Jason Greger. Yesterday did a tremendous job on the drive home show from two to six uh, with everything that went on in the morning uh, with the announcements of uh, the passing of uh, John Short and Robin Brownlee. It's not easy, believe me, uh, to sit, uh, you know, for four hours in a chair where your mind is uh, thinking of uh, uh, lost ones and loved ones. And uh, Jason really did a tremendous job uh, relaying, uh, you know, heartfelt emotions and sincere emotions to the families and to our listeners, to all the people that, you know, knew John and uh, Robin and shared uh, stories with them over the course of their uh, wonderful careers here in Edmonton in the sports media. You know, John Short basically, you know, got Jason Greger into the business as as, as a young guy coming out of Nate and, and a guy that had, uh, you know, aspirations because he listened to John. Like so many, so many young broadcasters uh, did, you know, growing up in Edmonton and, of course, reading all of his articles and, and, and things like that. And then, of course, Robin Brownlee uh, from Oilers Nation, where, where Jason did a lot of work with, with Robin over the years and then continued on, on on 1260 and then here on 1440. So uh, deepest condolences uh, uh, to both families. Uh, I was, you know, had the, the good fortune to work with Robin alongside when he was on the Oilers beat and I was doing uh, games with the Oilers on the road and those were some very cherished times, a lot of fun on the road. And, uh, you know, over the course of the morning, we'll, we'll get to some of those stories and share some, hopefully... I'm trying to get a hold of Jim Matheson this morning. Uh, of course, Maddie would have worked a long time with Robin at the the Journal and basically not foes, but uh, competitors, I guess, from the Edmonton Sun and the Edmonton Journal. And uh, hopefully Maddie can join us uh, later in the morning. Uh, let's welcome in uh, our co-host on uh, Friday. It's Frigid Friday, Eddie Steele. Former CFLer, former Green and Golder. Morning, Eddie. Good morning, Kevin. Well said, man. Very yeah, well said. Thanks. To start. Thanks, man. And um, you know, you obviously your paths crossed uh, with Robin, um, more specifically, really. Yeah, really. Yeah. Uh, as lately is when they pass uh, our paths crossed more uh, recently than ever. Probably dating back to 2021, uh, back when I was with Chad and everything happened with uh, the Elks and when I got fired from Chad for what I said. And mm-hmm. uh, Robin really reached out and uh, he, uh, he he really was dissatisfied with the whole Dwayne Mandrusiak yeah. and how everything was handled at that point in time. And yeah, we uh, we connected over that. I went on his podcast a couple of times, and and ever since then, you know, just DMs on Twitter here and there. But that's when we really uh, developed some sort of a relationship. Mm-hmm. When I saw the news, man, just just heartbreaking, absolutely heartbreaking. When I got here in uh, you know the late nineties, ninety seven or ninety eight, uh, I guess it was ninety eight, and uh, you know he's one of the first guys that you meet when you're going down to the Oilers, and um, you know back then. At the Sun, there was a old writer named Dick Chubay as well, and he was just kind of 
uh, you know, retiring at the time. Robin was taking more of a role covering, you know, the beats and things like that. And, of course, the Oilers. And and uh, he also covered, you know, the Eskimos back in the day. He was on that beat as well. So, um, you know, you get to know him. And then, again, as I was saying, from 2003 to 2010 when I was filling in doing Oiler games on, on Ched, you get I traveled with the team and at that time all the reporters traveled and there were a lot of reporters so you had one from the sun you had one from the journal and you know half the time it was Robin Brownlee and then you know as I said Jim Matheson and Joanne Ireland was from the journal and they all kind of rotated but the thing that you remember most is is and it's almost like you say Eddie you don't you, you might not miss the game but you miss the the friends the, the teammates the, the teammates yeah, yeah. It w- just you know. as you were explaining yourself there and how it used to be different and you all would travel all the different media outlets in the different newspapers you guys are like your own little team really you're competing but you're still mm-hmm. you're all a part of the same crew well i used to make like joke to the to those guys back in the day because they always they'd say well, let's kind of work our way on the same story angles. So when the paper, because again, the papers were coming out in the morning. It was a big deal 20 some years ago. Mm-hmm. And they would always have the same angle, different, written differently, you know, but they didn't want to scoop each other on the road right. because now everyone, you know, the, the bosses read the paper in the morning and go, hey, whoa, whoa, what's going on? Yeah. You know, you got this one. Well, you know, so it was a calculated interest. How does that sound? Yeah, that makes sense. W- one last thing, too, yeah. I wanted to say that's on my mind and heart in regards to Robin. Um, family man, just a great yeah. family man. And I've read that a whole bunch. And the things that he really would reach out to me about more than anything uh, via those DMs I talked about was I put up pictures of my son or something and he would just talk about how he loved being a dad or how moments with your son and your children, how precious they are. And and then just seeing how people wrote about him. He mm-hmm. was just a total family man through and through. That's the most important thing. And when... And Jason talked about it yesterday. You know, Sam was uh, born prematurely, and and that really changed Robin a lot. Uh, you know, on the course, if you go back, even in, and I'm, I can guarantee you, every media person listening to me, Robin was a mean, tough sob mm-hmm. to a lot of people. There was a warm heart to him inside, and he didn't let a lot of people in. This, and I'm talking 20 years ago. You know, more than that, and it changed him. And as it would everyone, mm-hmm. you would hope. Um, you could ask any camera guy in town, like a Dave Parker that works, still works from T, for TSN, uh, Corey Blaschel from uh, Sportsnet, and go back 20 years or whatever, all the cameramen at CTV and ITV and CBC, they never liked Robin Brownlee one bit in the scrums. He did not care about the camera guys. He would get in. He would block shots. Yeah. He would... Uh, big body, too. Big body. He was a big guy. He would, you know, he did not care if you were trying to get a camera shot or whatever. His that, way or the that's highway. That's the way it went. Yeah. That's the way it went. I've heard that, too. <laughs> and uh, you could... I bet every camera guy that's listening right now is going 100%. Yeah. Like a guy like, you know, Parks or whatever like that is going. That's exactly how it was. And, and it was just too bad. Too bad. Yeah, do go, something go do it. go or go do another interview somewhere else. Yeah, this is and you know, again back then it was different. There, uh, you know, you had reporters going in. Now there are barely any reporters again. You know that cover you know the teams in town in that sense. But uh, again, when you went on the road and it was that team aspect, uh, Eddie about going for the, going for supper was a big deal. 
the media would always, okay, where are we going? What are we doing? And a lot of the guys, like Rod Phillips, I talked to Rod yesterday, and Rod was very, he was shaken up about, you know, Rod and and Rod and Ruben had a very close relationship on the road, very close. They were, you know, they always sat together on the plane and, and, uh, but anyway, those guys, you know, they were sort of like, Rod was kind of the ringleader on the road. He would decide where we're eating or whatever. And, you know, guys would have input and Maddie would have input Mm -hmm. and things like that. So, but it was different, you know. Uh, You get to know a person. That's the whole thing. You know, and, and now you're sitting around in a relaxed atmosphere and everyone's having a, a couple of wines and this and that. and Loosen up. Um, and over the course of the morning, I, I'm going to share a story uh, with Robin and I uh, traveling with the Oilers with um, a, a few areas. Uh, one of them was in New York and one of them was in Nashville. We had a lot, a lot of fun. And uh, we'll share some of those uh, as the as the morning progresses. Uh, Oilers again, a, a big win last night, 3-2 in Detroit, ninth straight win. They really outplayed Detroit by a, a wider margin. Alex Lyon was great in goal. Uh, you had your eyeballs on the screen last night, Eddie. What yeah, did you, what'd you think? Yeah, I mean, another game that they're winning these games, much like the game before against Chicago, but it's it's an ugly win. You know, you'll take it, though. Okay. I, I, we'll they played a lot better. They did play yeah, a lot better. a lot better than Chicago. Perimeter, though. Still a lot, uh, in my opinion, uh, quite a perimeter game. Lots of shots, you mm-hmm. know, 47 shots, but not a ton of, you know high danger opportunities, a lot of wristers from, you know, 10, 15 yards out, 30 it, feet out. It could out. have been a way higher score. Like, I mean, you, Zach Hyman ripped one off the crossbar. Mm-hmm. You had a wide open net by Alex Debrinkit. He missed that he one. He missed it, yeah. Patrick Kane rifled one off the bar. Yeah. That uh, bar you, was active. Cal, Cal Pickard came up with one of the greatest saves of the year, was, if you want to call it that, whoo. because he did make the save on the blocker. Uh, and then it went off the crossbar, off the post. I mean that that was that was a huge save because it was, it was one nothing at the time, and it allowed Connor McDavid to tie the game at one. Yeah. Speaking so. of that goal, holy. Well, again, so everyone is uh, the, the the Red Wings are probably I would say at least fifty percent at fault. They all gave up on the play. They all were. I mean, Wallman's got his arms in the air. Jake Wallman's got his arms in the air, saying offside, offside. Well, it wasn't offside because Connor made the play. Yeah, he, and he you was know. skating. And- well, he waited, right? He waited for Zach to clear the zone, right? So Zach comes back and gets just a blade on the blue line before Connor enters the zone, similar to a goal that was scored uh, against the Oilers in the playoffs with uh, uh, Kale McCarr, which was different. This yeah, It's different was, yeah. and similar, but th- that one is different because we were talking about puck possession and everything like yeah. that. So... This was a, a goal where, you, if you look at it, I mean, Wallman's got his arm in the air. Other defensemen quit, and Connor, and it should have, would have been a hook. It could have been a penalty shot if he doesn't score. So, anyway, that's a, a critical point of the game. The save off the blocker, off the crossbar, and then Connor scores. So, um, that, that was a, a big-time save. That was one of the best saves. Oh, it was you know, huge. You know, huge so save. Just, huge got a, just got a piece of it. So, Well, we've got a, a jam-packed show. Still working on a couple of guests uh, as well. But uh, Zach Lang from uh, Oilers Nation will guest with us after the break, Eddie, uh, from uh, Oilers Nation to talk about last night's uh, victory. And uh, there were a couple of tributes, obviously, on Oilers Nation uh, with uh, for Robin Brownlee, and we'll, uh, we'll touch on that as well. Uh, Mark Spector at 8 o'clock uh, for Booster Juice. And then our headliner of the day for Mr. Reuter, Gene Principe, on the road at 8.20. Uh, we'll have our ski report at 9. Will Birchfield uh, from the... 
ticket in Detroit, 91.7, the ticket in Detroit. Uh, he will uh, guess with us at 920, talk about that's a big game, Detroit. And uh, the L.A. Rams, what do you think? I mean, everyone's kind of... Uh, it, injuries in Detroit right now. And Sam Laporta says he's probably going to play, I think, but... Yeah. What do you make of that game? The Rams are coming uh, yeah, on? Yeah, coming into Detroit, though, the the fan base will be an X factor. Mm-hmm. It will be. Imagine Matt Stafford going back to Detroit in breaking hearts. <sighs> Imagine. He had so many great years great, individually, right? Oh, totally. A decade plus of mm-hmm. personal great success. You know, I mean, watching him in Megatron, that was his two of the best going, right? I mean, he was throwing for 45 to 5,000 yards, <laughs> 4,500 to 5,000 yeah. yearly. Like, just the air, air attack out there. They, they And again, so this is a, one of the key matchups where, man, imagine how the, that game in Detroit would be outdoors. Whew. On the weekend, well, we know. they're talking the KC, KC game. KC game is going to be, gonna be the, What's that going to be? They're saying that seven minus seven. Yeah, Fahrenheit? maybe. Yeah, so it's somewhere around twenty below. I think okay. maybe maybe not quite as bad yet, okay. but the wind is going to be gusting and coldest and, game I've ever played in yeah. was the East Final, twenty eleven in Winnipeg. Blue sky, sun out, so you know it's going to be a crispy day. It was minus twenty three pre wind chill at kickoff, minus twenty seven. That's By far nice. coldest game yeah. I've ever played. We lost that game. I was with Hamilton at the time. We lost the game before the game even started. It was over. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Our skill positions. Winnipeg. There was a couple guys warming up without shirts on. Actually, Odell Willis. He was with Winnipeg. He was warming up without a shirt on. And, Mental uh, game. Our our receivers came in uh, before we went out as a team, and it was game over. They couldn't stop talking about it. The cold. How he was out without a shirt on. Game over. <laughs> lost before the kickoff. Wow. Uh, at 9.40, Brennan Menard, Sherwood Park Crusaders, a big win, uh, actually a big loss, sorry, for the Crusaders in Spruce Grove, but a big game is what I was trying to say. Big game uh, tomorrow in Sherwood Park with Brooks in town. And then uh, Lyle Best, Quick Card Minor Hockey Week will come in studio around 10.20, 10.30. Quick Card Minor Hockey Week is underway, the biggest tournament going on in the world. When we come back, Zach Lang from Oilers Nation will guest with Kevin Carries and Eddie Steele on Sports 1440. Stay with us. Hey Duke, I thought there was no more Toto. Or is that just the Rosanna song? I think you only ixnade Ro- Rosanna. <laughs> Rosanna. Barr or O'Donnell. <laughs> we got into that the other day. Oh, I, I, heard I had a total, I don't know. Well, it was, I, it was, I cor- corrected myself quite quickly. But, you know, I was just thinking of the... League of their own, and it was, you know, it was rosy. It happens, And I was thinking man. of Rosanna. Yeah, it know. happens. It happens. <laughs> That's why it makes it so good, live radio. Yeah. Uh, time now for the Puck Report, brought to you by Fountain Tire. And, of course, Fountain Tire is more than just tires. They offer a wide range of auto repair and services from their expert mechanics. You can visit FountainTire.com to see all the uh, mechanical services that they offer as we uh, welcome in to the big program once again. Zach Lang from Oilers Nation. Morning, Zach. Morning, gentlemen. Thanks for having me. The Duke, thank you for my uh, favorite intro song. How can that be your favorite intro song? You're kidding. You're just kidding, right? No, there's actually a kind of a goofy little story behind it. Probably like five or six years ago on Twitter, I found this account that uh, somebody made a bot that just randomly tweets out the lyrics to the song. And I actually like the song. Like, I think it's a good song. 
Um, but I started just randomly retweeting the lyrics to the song every once in a while when they would come up and then people would be like, Zach, like, why do you keep doing this? So it kind of became a little bit of a bit for me, uh, for a little while there. So, hmm. uh, now we got the Duke using it every time I'm on the show. So it's pretty funny. I, I don't know. I think we've got to have to, uh, relook at this thing and address it differently. I think you can do a lot better than that. You know, no, that's fair. Maybe, maybe we'll mix it up. Maybe we'll see if I can find another uh, another good one. That uh, well, you know, yesterday we had Max Boltman on from Detroit in the Athletic. Duke plays Detroit Rock City, and Max was saying, you know, I was wondering why everyone plays that song for me, and then he finally figured it out that he's you know from Detroit. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> maybe there's a song about Edmonton that's out there. Somewhere. You know what maybe, I would uh, recommend for you, Zach, is a, a good uh, Nestor Pister song. Maybe you know, okay, you know. I, I think, uh, you know, the Weinstone Plowboy, if you get that one uh-huh. for your intro song, I think okay. that would be outstanding. Perfect. Let's keep that in mind. I like that. Yeah, I think that would be great. Uh, did you have your eyeballs on the TV set last night? Uh, what did you think? Yeah, I had both of them peeled to the game all night. Uh, pretty good game from the Oilers. I mean, I think, you know, I, I I think one thing we're seeing a lot from this team is, you know, you listen to a lot of the post gamers and stuff, and everybody's talking about preaching patience right now and it's not patience in like you know try to make the playoffs and win the stanley cup it's like trying to have patience in games where you don't score a goal in the first two periods and then you know you don't score until halfway into the third period and then all of a sudden you come back and you win the game i mean you think back to the start of this winning streak you know now nine games tying the franchise record you know some of those games against like the new jersey devils for example right where um you know the oilers were kind of in this you know, fight of a game where nothing was really going their way and they kind of stuck with it and they managed to be able to um, come out on top and score four goals in the third period. Well, we saw it again last night, right? You know, McDavid and Hyman, two big goals in the third, big winner in overtime from Darnell Nurse. Uh, It was a pretty impressive win. Zach, talk about the play of Cal Pickard uh, and what you thought about how he was last night. Yeah, you know what? I thought he had a good game. Um, I I, t- I posted this on Twitter, and I didn't really like the the Andrew Cop goal. It kind of felt to me like Pickard was kind of trying to play into the screen and trying to play into getting to the top of the crease and creating that contact there. I, I didn't really like that one a lot, but you know what? He had a he had a solid game. I mean, the Oilers kind of kept everything from Detroit to the outside, and so he wasn't really tested a whole lot. And, you know, the only Amada goal at the end of the game there, like, that's just kind of a tough one, right? You kind of lose the puck. You don't really know where it is sitting on the line. There's not really much you can do to blame him, but he he kept him in that game all night, and, and credit where it's due. He's He's been solid for the Oilers, right? Um, obviously, there's you know questions about you know do they find another goaltender? What do they do in the crease? You know who knows? Maybe Pickard's the answer there. At least right now, he's been showing well. He's four and zero in seven games, nine oh two save mm-hmm. percentage. I mean, that's around league average right now, and that's kind of crazy to say. Zach Lang, Oilers Nation, our guest, Kevin Carey, Sadie Steele on Sports 1440. Uh, to be honest with you, Zach, I, I said a while back, I think, depending on how things play out, but I wouldn't be surprised if Cal Pickard plays every Thursday night in the month of January. That's how the games are staggered, and he could, uh, you know, basically it's 2-3 or three for Stuart Skinner, and as the Oilers go into Montreal tomorrow night, you, would, you know, Stuart Skinner will be back in the cage for the Oilers. Uh, you mentioned that patience uh, angle, and I think we've seen that a lot more, Zach, with the team since, uh, the, you know, since the coaching change. Having said that, you know, it's up to the players, and I think they've responded in that 
um, area quite well that before maybe they weren't in that comfort zone about you know maybe getting into a little bit of a, a panic state if they're down one or they're not the game isn't going the way they are uh, how about the veteran leadership core and how the leaders have taken that bull by the horns and saying you know we've been around the block here enough where we can figure things out here on the fly yeah, absolutely. I think it just speaks to the continuous growth that we're seeing from uh, this team and guys like McDavid and Dreisaitl, Darnell Nurse. I mean, you know, it's interesting, right? Because you look at these guys and and they're still, you know, pretty young. I mean, McDavid, 26, he's fi- really finding his voice as we, we still continue to see from him and some good post-game you know, comments every now and then, but you know, they're the ones that are leading this charge. Right. And I think, you know, at times earlier in the season, it almost seemed like they felt they had to cheat their own game to try and find the offense for the Oilers instead of just saying, Hey, you know what, we're just going to kind of stick with this game. And I think a lot of that kind of came from the fact that the Oilers were in panic mode so early on in this season. Right. I mean, you look at the start that they had and what was going on. It just felt like, It was just desperation every single night that they were out there, you know, in the middle of November. And that's not a good thing to be seeing. Right. So credit where it's due, because these are the guys that have stepped up to to kind of uh, help lead that charge. Zach, there was a a ton of noise around this player um, and his contract throughout the ever since he signed the contract throughout the offseason leading up into this season. Uh, just talk about Darnell Nurse. Uh, in my opinion, he's playing some really quality hockey uh, pretty much throughout the whole season. Uh, what do you think about his play so far? Yeah, I thought he's been solid. I thought he's been having a really good year. I think he was another one of those guys who was kind of victim to cheating his own game a little bit early on in the season, right? I mean, we got to think back and remember that a guy like Matthias Ekholm was pretty banged up at the start of the season, right? Like, there was a lot that was kind of put on Nurse early on in this season to try and, you know, fill the gaps of what Ekholm was kind of missing from his own game at the time, right? And everybody always says, oh, well, Darnell Nurse's contract this, Darnell Nurse's contract that. I mean, you can't blame the guy for signing that deal, right? And this is something that I've kind of brought up in the past, when you kind of dial the clock back, it's interesting what led up to that contract because we all have to remember when the Oilers acquired Duncan Keith from the Chicago Blackhawks, right? So what, and this is the way that I kind of look at it. The Oilers acquired Duncan Keith. They cleared the cap space from Chicago. Chicago was able to go out there and acquire Seth Jones. And then they gave him his mammoth contract extension, which was most definitely an overpayment for him. Then the Columbus Blue Jackets saw the Seth Jones contract, and they had to give that or a similar one to Zach Wierenski. Meanwhile, Darnell Nurse was eligible for an extension right around the same time. So it was kind of interesting to me because it always seems like the Oilers, I don't know, in a kind of an end around way, shot themselves in the foot in that situation there because they're the ones that gave Chicago the cap space to give uh, Seth Jones his contract. Mm. Darnell Nurse sees that and says, hey, I'm no worse than this guy, which is true. Um, but at the end of the day, I think Nurse is an excellent defenseman. I really do. Um, he's played big minutes for this team for a very long time. He's a part of the core. Um, he steps up in big situations like last night to score some really important goals for this team at times. And I was uh, on the Oilers Nation After Dark mm-hmm. show last night, and that goal felt reminiscent to me of like the 2020-2021 North Division season, right? 
right? Where Nurse shot 10%. He scored 16 goals in 56 games and just felt like everything was going in for him. Um, and so who knows? Maybe he can go on a little heater, you know, score a couple here uh, over the next few weeks. That'd be pretty great to see. Zach Lang with us on Sports 1440. Zach, Oilers Nation and Robin Brownlee had a, a close, close relationship for, you know, 15 years or so. Uh, you guys were putting up uh, articles and things yesterday just to touch on, uh, you know, just a, a tragic loss uh, yesterday for the uh, Edmonton sports media. Yeah, uh, it's been a pretty tough 24 hours here in Edmonton, right? You know, losing John Short mm-hmm. yesterday morning was an absolute shock. And then... Um, Brownlee's passing was just completely unexpected yesterday. Um, it's been a pretty tough 24 hours here because Robin has been a huge part of the organization team for a very, very long time. Um, you know, there's there might not be an Oilers Nation if there isn't Robin Brownlee. You know, we brought him on to the company in 2008, and he was the guy who kind of came around to give us some credibility, some street cred, if you will, because. Um, at the time, there was just, you know, it was kind of Wanye and, and Jay, and that was really all that they had. They had a couple of other guys, too. Um, but what Brownlee brought to the team was some credibility. And he, 2010 articles since 2008, I mean, this is a guy who's been um, doing a lot of amazing, amazing stuff. And his loss is uh, a pretty devastating one for us here. A lot of reaction and traffic on the site. What are people saying and, and things like that? Oh, nothing but amazing things about uh, about Rubes. I mean, the stories that we've been hearing over the last you know twenty four hours have been excellent. And Jason Greger, all the credit in the world to him. Um, you know, he he had to. He, he's the one who kind of announced it to the world, and it's a really difficult thing. And, and I just thought Jason held himself so well yesterday, even throughout his show. I listened to the whole thing yesterday, and the stories of 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 Brownlee have been just awesome to hear. And I know that uh, Bagged Milk has a great article coming up in the next day or two here as well, um, honoring Brownlee. And we're going to be doing a lot of stuff to kind of continuously do that uh, on the website. We're going to go back, pull up a bunch of his old content, take a look at some of the great stories that he shared over time. Uh, and there's a really great one that I'll, I'll share here with you guys mm-hmm. this morning. Um, the first article that he had ever wrote at Oilers Nation, you could tell that he was... Uh, uh, you could see that gruff exterior that he had because uh, in the middle of his article, he was kind of talking about how, you know, he didn't know if this was the right decision or not. And, uh, you know, his his boy Sam was still pretty young at the time. So here's one of the quotes from that article. Uh, he was talking about, you know, Sam kind of being his business manager. And he said, when I asked him whether I should take this gig, he pooped his pants. Actually, so did my wife. And I just think that that's just such a great analogy from from Robin about, you know, the transition that he made because, you know, he was one of the old uh, print media guys and transitioning to the digital world in 2008 was something that nobody really knew about at the time. You know, this was still just when Twitter was kind of starting and all of these other things were kind of coming up. So, um, you know, his uh, he's going to be sorely missed around Oilers Nation. I, I'm going to miss reading mm-hmm. his stuff. I'm going to miss seeing him and talking to him. Um, who's a great man. Hey, uh, Zach, we'll leave it there. Thanks for this. Uh, appreciate your time. Uh, have a great weekend. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me, guys. That's uh, Zach Lang. And our puck report brought to you by Fountain Tire. Uh, head to FountainTire.com to check out their winter tire lineup and brand offerings.
Uh, we're going to mix things up a little bit, Eddie. We're, we're going to have, uh, we had some open time, but Specs getting on a plane. He'd be heading from uh, Detroit to Montreal at, I believe it's 1030 Eastern. So he's like, you know, can we squeeze me in a little we'll bit? We'll cater to him. We'll yeah. cater to him. <laughs> Too bad Speck wasn't there on the Wednesday night media game uh, alumni because you would have seen his. He had some wheels out there? Uh, no. Um, you would have seen his helmet and with his half visor well, it was a kind of a half mask back in the day i haven't seen it but he looked basically like hannibal lecter <laughs> uh, i wish i would have seen him out yeah. on the ice well we'll maybe ask him about that too and, and of course long relationship with robin and john for of course respect too so that's yeah. uh, coming up uh, right after the break mark specter from rogers sportsnet will join us uh with carius steel on sports 1440 stay with us all right, welcome back to the big program. Mark Spector's got to catch a flight, uh, so normally he'd be on at 8 o'clock, but he's coming on about 20 minutes earlier. Uh, so time now for uh, On the Mark, brought to you by Booster Juice. Visit a location today to refuel, refresh, and re-energize or download their new Booster Juice Rewards app to earn, order, and enjoy. Good morning, Spec. Hey, you know what? Now I got a, I got three hours for you because I just got to my gate and my flight's canceled. So. Oh, there no! You go. Uh, really? Canceled? <laughs> I, got, I got lots of time, buddy. So what yeah, What they, do you do now? Like, how, what's, oh, do they you, sent me an email. They rebooked me a flight for, uh, I think, Tuesday. So <laughs> that's good. <laughs> oh, that's no. what you need. So, I don't know. I'll figure it out somehow. Well, I'll get there one way or another. You know what? It could be like a Home Alone thing. Maybe the uh, Polka Polka Band will pick you up in the back of a van and you head yeah. across the border. Well, when you're in Detroit, you have the option to try to get over to Windsor, and then mm. sometimes it's easier to get there from Windsor. I don't know, man. Like, hey, whatever. You know, a wise old stewardess once said to me, it's better to be on the ground wishing you were in the air mm-hmm. than be in the air wishing you were on the ground. Yes. So I was thinking that. <laughs> I like that. Like that's a really good, that's <laughs> a really like good perspective. A Very good uh, perspective. Yeah. Uh, so, Spec, you know, yesterday, so you're in the Detroit uh, hotel room probably or just getting back from the morning skate and you hear about uh, John and Robin and obviously your yeah. thoughts drift back to a lot of a lot of memories for you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I tried to weave some of that into my story from last night. I don't know if it worked or not. I'll read it today and figure it out. But, you know, like two different sort of guys. John was like a father figure to all of us, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I'm sure the same for you, Kev. Like, John, when I was a kid writing at the Gateway, U of A newspaper, when I started at the Journal, he was the most supportive guy. He'd come down to the press table at the basketball game at U of A, and he'd tell you how great that piece he wrote today was, even if it wasn't, you know, and he was so supportive, and he'd say, man, that was a really smart question you asked in that interview. Like, just, he was a guy that just went out of his way to, to take a young, certainly a young Mark Spector, and I think there's probably 20 other guys in town say the same thing. He went out of his way to make you feel like you were you belonged and, and you were welcome with the media guys and you were on your way to greatness, you know, even if you weren't. <laughs> uh, he was just that guy. That's who he was. He took it upon himself to make you feel good. And you know what? Robin came in. We were both young guys at the Journal, and we competed, me and him, because we were both shooting for the same thing. And, and we had a bunch of laughs, and we had a bunch of drinks, and we had a bunch of stories, and... You know what? He was a fun guy, and he mellowed in his later years. Those those guys that are as hard charging as Robin was when he showed up, they always mellow down into, you know, softies, and that's what Robin was. He was a softie with a big hard facade. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we're gonna miss both those guys, man. It's just yeah. a just a 
gut punch yesterday. Yeah, it truly was spec and, and very well said, man. Uh, just uh, looking back at the game yesterday, talk about what you saw and what you thought about the performance. Well, you know it's funny. You don't. Here's what I what I heard last night that I have never heard. Uh, Zach Hyman said after the game, he said, "You know, we're just rolling out the same game every day. We're rolling it out. We're rolling it out." You know, I've heard that. That's a bit of a cliche in hockey, but they've never said that about the Oilers. Like, the teams they said that about were the old, you know, the New Jersey Devils were that team. The the L.A. Kings under Sutter, man, they were that team. They just ground you down every day with the same game, and they won four out of every five, it seemed like. But no one ever said that about Edmonton, and, and that's what we're seeing. They're, they're just grinding at you, whether it's 0-0 after two or whether it's a 4-3 game after two or whatever it is. They're just playing the same game every night, and that's not something we've ever seen. I've never seen this team play the same game for this long in a row. They always deviate. And right now, they, they're like a machine, man. They're giving you that same performance every night. Mark Spector, Rogers Sportsnet, with us on Sports 1440, awaiting to catch a flight from Detroit to Montreal to finish up this road trip. The Oilers are on uh, nine straight wins, Spec. It's only been done twice before, and I think Chris Knobloch said last night that he, that he can't believe that you know this franchise in the 80s never had 10 in a row, but there's a chance for that to happen on Saturday. Yeah, I think they probably all ended up going to Esmeraldas at some point <laughs> when they got up around 8 or 9 eh, in the old days. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Something would get in the way out to Danny Andrews American Bar or wherever we used to go back in those days. Barry Tees, Thunderdome. Yeah, how, about, how about dancing shoes? Maybe that's where they'd oh, go. Oh, boy, yeah. <laughs> Davids? How about Davids? Oh, they were always a David. Yeah. But that was, well, that was a game day. <laughs> um, anyhow, uh, listen, it's pretty cool and they're they're I mean, you never know. They're due to lose. They easily look at last night's an overtime game. They could have lost it. The mm-hmm. night before in Chicago, it's a two-one game. They hung in there. They could have lost it, but they won. Uh, you know, do you win Saturday night in Montreal? It'd be fun to witness some history here. How about that? You know, they're. Uh, I'm not going to pick them to lose. That's for sure. Skinner's coming back in. He's rested. It's a. This team does like to play on the spotlight. Like. Usually when the Hockey Night in Canada game in Montreal's on and the country's watching, you get the best Connor McDavid, and the best Connor McDavid doesn't lose too many. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there's a, a thing, you, you, there's no possible way that a team is successful without chemistry. And right now the team seems to have a lot of chemistry when you break it down. And even though the second line has fallen off a little bit in the last little while, there's chemistry there. They've, there's chemistry between all the defense pairings. There's a lot of chemistry right now in goal. So right now, if you're Ken Holland, you're going, hmm, what am I doing here? I think, are you standing Pat's back? Because Cal Pickard's been outstanding. He's offered just extremely complimentary goaltending. So, yeah, big, big decisions yeah. coming up. Well, yeah, like I think I was thinking last night, like, sure, I, you can go find a better goalie than Cal Pickard or more, a more, you know, Pete Morazic is a more. Is he? A higher, well, he's <laughs> got a higher pedigree of goaltender, I'd say, he's for sure, even a James Reimer. But here, look at this guy. He ended up, I think he's got about a 902. I think the, the average, if I'm not mistaken, the average NHL save percentage today is either 902 or 903. So he was he was above that going into the game last night. He mm-hmm. dipped a little below. But my point is, he's given you as good a goaltending. He's given you average goaltending across the league. Every time he plays, the goals they get 
And that second one yesterday was oh. so not his fault, right? So not his fault. Yeah. The one that sat in the line. I mean, yeah, it, tough one. He, yeah, it was just a fluky goal. It hits nerves in the foot. And anyway, the point is that happens to every goalie. So, yeah, you can expend assets and, and try to upgrade on Pickard, but I guess I'm going to ask you, right, how much how much better goalie are you going to get? Mm-hmm. You know, how much how much better goalie do you, do you need if he keeps playing at a league average? Isn't that all you need out of your backup? Yeah, I mean, he is playing pretty – what else do you need out of Pickard? You're like, you're right. What else do you need, especially when Skinner, if he can keep up his play at a high level? I mean, they're good in net. net. Goalie isn't their problem. So um, with, anymore. No, with that being said then, um, I keep continuously hearing about this team uh, needing to get a little bigger, a little grittier, tougher, stronger, whatever. It may be down on the, the third and fourth lines. What's the answer there? Obviously, Corey Perry's name is floating around a whole bunch. We've talked, you've talked about that a couple of times this week. What, what are the, what would the answer be here moving forward into the second half of the season? Well, I mean, one of the big keys here is you only have so many assets. You can't scratch every itch because Kenny Holland doesn't have enough draft mm-hmm. and, and prospect capital, right? So he and he's traded away a bunch of first round picks. If you're going after backup goalies and third and fourth liners, you're not trading first-round picks. So that's good. You don't want to trade first-round picks. Uh, to me, for sure, you can you can easily find a big fourth-line guy. You can find that that Nick Bukestad. You can find that Barkley Goodrell, those guys at the deadline. There's 10 teams that are out of the mix that will trade you one of those guys for a fourth-round pick. You can get that guy, no problem. What they need is... They need a good third-line center, and that can get a little more expensive. They need a guy that can win face-offs. They need a guy that's got the playoff savvy. You know, they need – I mean, I'm not saying you're going to get a guy with a pedigree of Matthew Deno, but that's the kind of player they need in that spot. They don't have him. Ryan McLeod's never – he's not – they never. He's not that guy today. Uh, they need someone that they can put on that third-line center – and, and either play Kane with them and give him a chance, because right now Kane doesn't have much of a prayer down there, or move Kane up and play McLeod with them mm-hmm. and give yourself a speedy, hard check in third line. They don't have that right now, and that's what they need. Mark Spector with us uh, on Sports 1440. Kevin Carius, Eddie Steele on a frigid Friday morning, minus 36 in Edmonton. Speck. Ooh, ouch. Uh, a low Man. tonight going to get down to minus 40 tonight. That's wow. no that's no wind out? chill. Right now with the wind chill it's minus 45 spec. Can you run out to the lake and check on the furnace for me? <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but so what do you what do you, do you just keep that thing rolling and humming out there? Don't you shut her down for the winter? No, no, four seasons. It's got a normal furnace, just like a house. But yeah, that furnace is working its buns <laughs> off right now. I'll tell you that right now. Overtime. <laughs> it's like it's a house. It's a normal, little, very small, tiny little house, but it's a house. It's got a normal furnace. Okay. Well, and what do you keep? Survive. What are you keeping the temperature at? Uh, I turn it down to just below sixty while we're gone, and then if I'm going out, I go on my phone and crank it up so it's nice and warm when we get there. Hmm. Is that what you're supposed to do? Well, I guess I don't know. I'd be worried I'll about. I'll turn it up if you'll go out there and check on stuff. <laughs> sure. Is there beer in the fridge? <laughs> oh yeah. 
Are you kidding? Give me the Come address, Beck. Give me the address. <laughs> Not over the air, boy. <laughs> uh, just a couple more regarding the Oilers. Darnell Nurse, you know, when someone scores an overtime goal, you know, when Connor scores or Leon scores, yeah, it's a big deal. But when someone else scores and it's, you know, a guy like, you know, Darnell Nurse, and that's his fifth overtime winner. That's a lot. That's a lot that's of a goals lot of for a D-man, you know. But, you know, obviously he started a lot of games and played a lot uh, with Connor and Leon to start overtimes or as that threesome. You know, Bouchard's kind of taken that spot. But, you know, everyone loves it when a D-man scores in overtime. Hey, here's a fun fact. When the Oilers, the last time they won, well, not the last time, the first time they won nine in a row, the ninth game was won on an overtime goal by a defenseman named Eric Brewer. Mm-hmm. And last night they won their ninth in a row with a goal scored by a defenseman. So I thought that was kind of cool. Um, Here's what I like about Nurse this year. I'm always the guy that said, I don't care if Nurse goes over center. To me, he's a defender. If he's not defending and and being the, you know, keeping the puck out of his net, I don't care what he's doing at the other end, right? He's got to defend. And I think this year he's been impeccable Mm -hmm. on his own end of the ice. And he's not roaming all over the place. He's really found a defensive hard game. And, man, other teams have a hard time scoring when Darnell Nurse is playing, I'm here to tell you. But then when overtime starts, all of that goes out the window and you start to fly around and do your stuff. And, you know, there's not many six-foot-five defensemen that skate like Darnell Nurse, right? Mm -hmm. He just chews up the ice. So, you know what? If he's going to save that offensive stuff for overtime, I'm all for it. I prefer the Darnell Nurse that puts it away when in the first 60 minutes, and I think that's what we're seeing this year. Speaking of defending, fellas, man, Bouchard had a terrible turnover, but he got There back. were a lot of turnovers but last night. One that led second. to a breakaway, essentially, or a two-on-one, yeah. but he got back where he ended up oh, starfishing. Yeah, okay. yeah. I was pleasantly surprised with the effort level, the hustle. <laughs> Put his head down, mm-hmm. took a straight line right back to the to the net, and made a really good play to save his butt. Turned into a two-on-two, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing how hard you hustle when you're the guy that costs the puck. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought. <laughs> hey, Speck, you missed, uh, you missed the Wednesday alumni game, obviously, alumni versus media. Eddie Steele was I said yesterday, you know, he's the big right winger. He reminded me of a of a young Cam Neely out there. Oh, is that right? Oh yeah. How did it go? Who won? Well, we got pasted, but the the teams that were set up were <laughs> they weren't fair. Let's call Slightly it that. Slightly lopsided. Slightly lopsided. Uh, but I was telling Eddie before that we missed you on the you know a big left winger like yourself could have added some beef up there. And yeah, yeah. I've, I've, well, whenever I we always beat the Oilers alumni when I was playing, but uh-huh. not because of me. <laughs> they, I think teams were probably set up better. They probably didn't have <laughs> ten uh, junior Oilers on their yeah. team buzzing oh around. Oh my god! Yeah, no. You know what? I'm, I've I've got to say I haven't played as much hockey since COVID, and I either I better either figure it out or put my gear away. But one thing I don't do anymore is go out on the ice with a bunch of big studs in their mid <laughs> late twenties who played pro hockey. Yeah, it's, I've, that happened Wednesday, but they were they were seventeen and you know faster. All I was doing is not a chance I, I play in that game with you, Kevin. I was just thinking in my head, man, just see these guys in my element; it'd be different. Come on, the football field, boys, having fun right, toying with me out there. Well, I was telling Eddie we wanted to see your uh, Hannibal Lecter uh, helmet uh, mass combo. Yeah, I could have worn the old. I, I have the old Spalding helmet. I pull out for that game. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh boy, there's probably mice living in that thing now. Yeah, it's probably at the lake. 
It is at the lake. Oh, there you go. Hey, Spec, th- thanks for this uh, hopping on early. Didn't have to do it now, I guess, but uh, safe travels today. When are you back? Are you coming back Sunday or what? Yeah, coming back Sunday. As long as the plane comes up and mm-hmm. uh, gets me home, I'll be home. Okay. So looking forward to a game Saturday night in Montreal. It's going to be beauty. Uh, I think it's still a Robin and John here. Mm-hmm. We're going to have them raise a glass this afternoon for us this evening for them. And, yeah. uh, let's, uh, let's get a weekend going here, boys. Okay. Thanks a lot, Spec. Have a good one, buddy. All right. That's, uh, on the mark, energized by Booster Juice. You can get the boost you need at Booster Juice. Man, that's, when you're traveling on the road like that, it's hard. Imagine he goes, you know, now you're, I got to try to find it. Maybe, I bet he drives to Windsor, gets a cab or whatever. It'd be so much easier just to cross that border and then fly from Canada. Oh, man. Tough. headache, though. Or, I mean, a lot of, if you get to Ottawa somehow, a lot of guys take the train from Ottawa to Montreal, Mm -hmm. I think. Yep, they do. The nice thing is, though, you know, there's, he doesn't have anywhere he has to be until mm-hmm. tomorrow. So getting to Montreal, that's very doable. Yeah. It's not like he's uh, got to be somewhere tonight. We'll get to a lot of your texts coming in. Sorry, we sort of kind of neglected that just with spec coming on a little bit earlier. Normally we have some open text time at one 1440 We'll get to not Fred. We'll get to uh, Sam. I am. We've got uh, Dougie Jones, uh, a couple other ones. Unfortunately, the King of Fort Nasty, we can't read your text today on the air, but. We'll see what we can do. The Duke has seen it already, but uh, that's coming up uh, at 8 o'clock. Before that, time now for a Sports 1440 update brought to you by First Round. Watch NFL football at First Round tomorrow, Sunday, and Monday night. You can win a trip to watch your favorite team next year. Here is the Duke.